1425 to go here in the intermission. So at this time, we're going to visit with the head pro scout of the Minnesota Wild, Chris Kelleher. And I guess, first of all, Chris, uh, your impressions of the first... You've seen a lot of these, but your impressions of the first period by Minnesota. That was a good period, I thought. Uh, You know, it's nice to get two early ones and kind of settle into our game. Um, Good penalty kills, and hopefully we can kill the rest of the one we have now. But uh, I thought the power play moved it well. Um, Boldy hit the crossbar there, so I... I thought we started well. I think the pace has been very good also. In that last or last two games, they had two very good wins against two very good hockey clubs. I mean, look at Florida and Carolina. And uh, Minnesota comes in, into this one. And all of a sudden, they seem to be carrying that same type of swagger they had after winning the last two games. I agree. And I think, you know, the way the road trip could have gone after the first game in Tampa, I think, is the credit to these guys and the, and the group there to the, the get the two wins against two very good teams. And then it looks like they've carried it over here in the first period. So... Yeah, you've been doing this for a long time, what, 18 years now? You started with Minnesota, and you've been here the entire career yep. as being a, a scout here. The, and the the pro scout is so much different than the amateur scout. Give us kind of a, a synopsis of what the differences are. Yeah, Obviously, I mean, it's much nicer rinks that you have to be in. Yes, to- yeah, nicer cities uh, and, and better rinks. Yeah, that's the biggest difference. But, no... You know, obviously, we're we're trying to make our, our team better here and today, right? Where the amateur guys are doing it. You know, you're drafting kids at 18. You hope they eventually play for the team. So it's, they're kind of base. They're kind of more projecting guys, right? Where we're looking at guys that could who could help us today in the Minnesota Wild or in Iowa for watching AHL games, or if there's young kids we think that you know in a trade or a prospect or whatever. And you know, obviously, we're working on free agency. Um, you know, always watching the other teams and free agents, and then. You know, now we're pretty focused on leading up to the deadline and kind of what we're what we're talking about, what we're thinking. And the team, obviously, they decide a lot of that on how they play, right? What we do at the deadline, and we never you never really know till you get closer to that point. So, um, you know, hopefully they can keep playing well and get points and get in the playoff spot, and then see what happens. Yeah, March eighth is the deadline day for the uh, trade deadline, and you know, I talk about about the fact that. Uh, you're, you're looking to improve your hockey club, but you have to look down the road. That is, it, this, is this the makeup of our team we want right now, or do we have to change some things? And when you lose a guy like Jared Spurgeon for yeah. the entire season, you know, Minnesota, one of Minnesota's top defensemen, I mean, you lose a guy like him, and now how do you replace him, and who picks up the pace, and can you can you replace him? Yeah, you really can't. You can't replace a Jared Spurgeon with kind of the the way the cap is, uh, you know, with our cap stuff, too, going on. Like, it's hard to replace a $7 million guy, and you can't. teams aren't going to want to move guys like that. You know what I mean? Like, you could go get a guy maybe to patch it up uh, just to have another body, but I think it's hard to replace a guy like that. And I think, like, he's going to come back, you know? Like, he's going to come back and play for us, so the guy we probably would get would be a UFA and a, a patch. You can't replace Jared Spurgeon. Um you know, so it's hard. I think you could make a mistake that way sometimes, just, you know, reacting right away and kind of let it play out, see what guys step up and play and play well and give them the opportunity to to fill it in as a group. Yeah, and as a, as a group, and I know you meet with a, a talk to other scouts, you talk to obviously to Billy Guerin here and talking about uh, the team, where it is right now and where it's going to be. And when at what point do you make a decision? We're going to be buyers or we're going to be sellers? And depending what you have to offer that people might want for the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. I think you, you give the, like, you know, we're playing, we have three big games here at home, right? We're playing Washington, Nashville, who's the team we're chasing, and then Anaheim, who's the team lower in the standings, right? So you, these three games could give us an indication of how this team's going to handle it uh, as far as, 
do they want to get in? Obviously, they want to get in, and they're going to play hard and do do what they can. So you just kind of you got to wait and see what the team does. Like we're going to give them every opportunity as this group to to make that push and get in the playoffs. Hopefully, yeah, we're seeing more and more teams also that have these no trade contracts or, or no, no movement to certain team contracts. Makes it a little more difficult for a GM too. But you buy into it when you make those decisions as a GM to bring these players in with those uh, stipulations on it. makes it a little more difficult. At the same time, you're hoping that player, when you make those deals, they're going to step up and be the player you expect them to be. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, usually when you're giving those out, you you have a pretty high uh, value on the player. You think highly of them, right? So usually when you give out those no trades or modified trades, whatever it is, you, you think he's going to be a part of your team and help your team. So that's why those guys get those. Yeah, and I often said, you know, when when you have a team like that, you have to look at the holes you're trying to fill. Where where can you improve? And everybody wants to say, well, we want a big, strong defenseman who can be tough in front of the net and can move the puck out of the zone. We want a big, towering uh, center iceman also that can move the puck up and down. Minnesota has one of those guys right now in the likes of uh, Jules Erickson. He's done a terrific job at that center ice position. Yeah, he's he's been great, and he's just a... Just a hockey player, right? Like, you see other teams hate playing against him. You hear about other teams, oh, he's so hard to play against because he's just good and he just goes about his job every day. Um, so he's a real – he's a pro, right? He's a hockey player. And, again, everybody wants the top-line center, the top number one D to be big and tough and skilled and all that. But they don't – you know, you, you don't get those easily, obviously. You know, they don't grow on trees. Right. And unless you're picking really high, you know – you probably it's hard to get them. It's hard to find them. Yeah, a guy like Ecker, though, I call him Mr. Annoying because he is. You watch him what he does on the ice. And the, the abuse he takes, though, is, is, is yeah. paramount to a lot of what we see for other players. Yeah, and I think it's I think it gets under guy's skin more because he has no reaction to it. He just kind of looks at them, you know? We've got about one minute to go here. Where, where do you, what is Minnesota looking for, do you think? I mean, I'm not saying, you know, certain players or something, but what – where, where are the holes maybe that you want to pick up yeah, on? Yeah, I mean, I think probably depth, right? Like we got to, you know, we're pretty thin right now as far as bodies and calling guys up and this and that. And guys are hurt. So, you know, it's hard to say right now because we're going we're gonna to give them the chance to, to play and show us, hey, this group can do the job. So I think, at, you know, over the next six, seven weeks until the deadline, I think we'll, we'll be able to see if there are holes, can we fix them, and how can we fix them. And I think every team has holes. I mean, yeah, that's absolutely. the way, that's where the playoffs are for, and that's where guys are a little bit, uh, a little bit uh, suspect. Also, it's a nervous time for the players. Oh yeah, especially yeah. the guys who might be in the bubble. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's guys who are on expiring contracts, and you know, teams that are out of the playoffs. That's their chip to get a draft pick or get a younger player or do something. So those guys for sure would be on. Uh, you know, kind of nervous. Nervous. Yeah, yeah. we'll see what happens. Thank, thanks, Chris, for being with us. Thanks, Let's Tom. go back to Kevin Faldis. All right, thanks, Tom. Yeah, downstairs by the Wild Locker Room with one of the goal scorers from that first period, Marcus Foligno. We'll talk about the goal in a second. Uh, Marcus, did you see how it set up uh, that second goal, your uh, eighth of the season? Yeah, uh, you know what? It was uh, it was a good uh, kind of shift by, by all of us um, in that, uh, that kind of segment. Uh, good reloads and then just kind of came back with pressure and uh, – I mean, it was a good play. Bolds, I think, just, you know, he, he saw me back door and I got, I got a deflection off a stick and I was able to just, uh, good thing I played baseball when I was younger, I was able to catch it and, and crowd in the outfield and, and put it down nice and easy. And I think I just got enough of it before it crossed the goal line. So, um, no, but it was good. I mean, I think that's, uh, you know, we had two kind of rushes that period and, and um, or that shift and, 
um, it was nice to cash in and, and play with the puck. Goes without saying, but the importance of this three-game homestand before going to the All-Star break. Yeah, it's, it's huge. I mean, uh, it all starts with the first period. So, um, you know, we just got to control what we can control, and that's that's the next one now. And uh, that's that's the mindset for this for this homestand. I mean, we got a we got a nice break ahead of us, but uh, we need these points, and um, it's, it's big to come out with uh, with a lead here. Good start to the game. Keep it going. Thanks, guys. There you go. Marcus Foligno joining us in the intermission for doing so. He'll get a gift certificate down to Tom Reed's Hockey City Pub. After one period of play, the Wild lead the Capitals 2-0. We'll give you a full recap after this break. You're listening to Wild Hockey presented by XL Energy.